on the move. Little dance step was good. Couple of bounces. Can take it himself and launch long. Inspirational. Time ticking away. Stop it. Silvani! What about that? Mackay, Mackay! Two in a minute. And they are dancing now, the Blues. Almost Mackay. Walsh, here he is. Straightens up and has delivered. Is there nothing this young man can't do? Hello and welcome to the Navy Blue Corner. I'm Ian. I'm joined as always by my good mate, Lockie. And look, Lockie... I'd hate to be anyone who isn't a bagger right now. How good was that win? Sorry, I had to start with a shit pun. How on No, great start. I was loving that over the weekend. Lechdog was finding out some good ones of those. Um, is this the best it's ever felt being a Carlton supporter in our lifetime? Potentially. Oh, I honestly think so. Like Probably the closest feeling was what started 2012 when we'd won, what, three mm-hmm. games in a row, whereas... Now we're eight and two, and it just does not does not seem real. If you told me this at the start of the year, I would never have believed you. Um, and so I guess that goes straight into my next question, which is look, the question, the big question that was asked last week from everyone was, was GWS, you know, the best win of our season? People were <laughs> asking us if it was the best win we'd ever seen um, in the last 20 years or any of that we'd actually seen. And so I have to ask now. <laughs> Has this Sydney victory surpassed what we saw last week? We we sat here two weeks ago. We've set so many different benchmarks throughout the year. And we sat here and we're like, if we can, let's just make sure we win one of the next two, Giants or Sydney, then we're sweet. Then we knock <laughs> off the Giants in a great win. And I go into this game, I'm like, look, I'm not sure what's going to happen. If, we, if we're competitive and we just lose to this Sydney team who are really strong, mm. then that's kind of a pass for where we think we're at. And we just continue to surpass where I think we're at. And now it's really, really hard to keep the lid on. I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. Like I went into that game thinking and I was talking to a couple of mates beforehand going, look, I won't be happy if we lose, but I can cop mm, one to Sydney off the break with the people we have out. Okay, let's. we know Sydney are a decent enough team. If mm-hmm. we have to lose one, I'm fine with that. And then we, re, you know, we, we figure ourselves out. Go again the next week. But, I mean, to to yep. win that game of football in the manner of that, particularly that second quarter and the way we went about it. Oh, mate. That was just so impressive. Like, how significant for you is that win for the rest of our season? I Well, this is pretty much like the I, – I feel like we can go to any challenge now. Like, any yep. game that we go into, I'm going to feel like we have a really good chance to win. Because that second quarter was one of the best quarters I've seen us play ever. Mm. Like it was so special how we absolutely piled it on. The floodgates really did open in that quarter and we were just delivering. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's – like I said, we've we've had all these challenges that we've knocked off, these benchmarks starting the season well, all these things, the hoodoos that we've broken. And this feels like that kind of final one to me Mm. now where it's like we are – Almost in June, we've had two losses. Um, and when we continue to have these challenges thrown at us, even like we did in the second half of this game, which was obviously mm. not as, as amazing as the second quarter, we still come out with the two with the four points. Yeah. And that's all that matters in the end of the day. And like the build-up to this game and the thing that everyone kept saying, and it's weird they're still saying it now, but it was, oh, Carlton haven't beaten anyone. 
Who have you beaten? Yep. You've lost to to Frio. That was a that was a team that you probably should be beating. What have you done? You've beaten the shit GWS. You beat Richmond. Oh, they're past it. Beat the Doggies. They're no good. You beat North Melbourne and Adelaide. How good? Carlton and nothing. And then we finally come up against a team that you know if a lot of people a lot of people tipped Sydney to beat us that that you know on, on Friday night and come away with the chocolates in a, just an incredible fashion. The the way that we just bash them around the contest for at least a half of football and then to hold on in the way mm. we did. It extended that gap in top four and then some other results make things even better for us. But we finally played that good opposition, put them to bed. Like, I don't know what else these these fans want from us now. And yeah. I, I just, I'm so happy that we went into this going, oh, yeah, maybe we haven't beaten anyone, but we're what, seven and two. We can we can afford to now lose one to a good opposition. And now to go in, have beaten them after yeah. last week with everything that happened, finally beaten GWS. I agree with you. I'm now going, well, who, we can we can beat anyone. That second quarter coming up against a good opposition and blowing them away. Like we've seen us do that to some poorer opposition. Kick nine goals in a quarter against a team that is definitely going to be playing finals footy. Yeah. Like... I just want to play Melbourne next week. I want to see, I want to see where we're at because that was like the thing going into this game. It was we'll we'll learn so much about where we are and how good we are this season. And now For I just sure. want that next challenge so badly. Um, a really good point that I saw someone make on Twitter, which I hadn't even considered, because people turn these stats, you know, like all these ones you're saying here against us. But they said if you look at last year's ladder at the end of the season, so not that long ago, things mm. have changed, but. So in the top eight, we've actually played four teams already that finished in the top eight and beat all four of them. Jeez. So everyone's saying, yeah, you got the easy draw, da 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 Sure, we accept that. We've been, we've been terrible for a long time, but we have mm. actually played four teams that made finals and we haven't lost to anyone yet. Mm. So maybe that's an optimistic look, but just keep oh. that in mind. Mate, and I don't even think that it matters who we're playing anymore. And this will we'll get into this because mm-hmm. it's a big sort of theme I want from this episode, but... Yeah. How many games have we won so far this season? We've won eight. Yeah. We won eight for the season last year. I know. We're ten we're ten games in. This is yep. unheard of. The the jump that this team has been able to have from last season to now is ridiculous. And that's why the Carlton supporters are getting so up and about because we weren't beating the teams, the Adelaides. We weren't beating the GWSs, the North. We weren't doing this consistently. So mm-hmm. far, we're pretty much coming up to every single challenge and, and knocking it off. And I just have to say that you know Michael Voss and this coaching group deserve so much praise. They've probably been the ones Absolutely. that we haven't talked about a lot this season. Good point. How, how much of this are you giving to Vossi? Because every week we come in, we chat about how good these good players point. are stepping up, these role players that have, you know, the Zach Fishers that all of a sudden are, are really good players. They're no longer question marks. So how much are you giving all of this to Vossi? Because I think it's about time we give him some praise. Yeah, you make a great point. Wow, that's uh, that's a light bulb moment, I think. Because, yeah, gosh, it, it's so hard to even remember what that team looked like last year with no identity. Every mm. week we were calling for like, where's the culture? Where's the heart? Yeah. Like who who's the one? Who, who are the players that have the heart? It was such a small little bunch of players that we were talking about that with and yeah, I think uh, as the man in the front, you have to give him a lot of credit. You're right. Yeah, it's um, 
we're an unrecognizable team. And we were, we were reflecting on this more maybe a month ago when we were like, wow, look at look at the difference with how far we've come from last year to this year when we had those couple losses against the mm. Suns and Frio. And we're like still, even though we're losing, you can see how different we are. Yeah. And it's just going to take time. And now we're seeing those rewards. It is literally insane to think that it is not the buy and we have the same amount of wins as last year. <laughs> and you, you look at our, you look at the guys that are playing, and yes, oh, there's obvious differences. Hewitt and Cher have mm. been amazing. A proper Charlie Kerno back is great. But so much of it is just like the incremental improvement that we've been asking for. Crips back to his form, these young guys coming through. Um, and you have to give that, I think, a lot of that to Vossi and what he's doing. Mm, and... <laughs> We uh, we wanted a brand of footy. We wanted something that represented Carlton. And I remember saying last season, I'm okay with losing games of football. I get it if you're not going to win every single game of the season. But what I want is just for us to be a hard team. I'm sick of us letting <laughs> teams run through the middle of us. We're not tackling. We're not strong at the ball. We don't seem to be the team that won it. And then this is now exactly what we are. We're that strong contested side. Yep. Apparently we've... Within you know, it's us and Melbourne that basically are the one and two best contested sides in the competition, and that's insane to think from where we were and all the deficiencies that we were talking about last season. All of those just seem to have magically become our strengths, and to mm-hmm. do that with this group that we thought had so much promise, but we just couldn't capture that. What this coaching group has been able to do to instill the belief that these guys can do it to be able to hold on in these games that so many years we've seen us just capitulate and as soon as that pressure comes, we just can't handle it. It's that mental side. It's structure. It is everything. And it's a mm-hmm. small sample size of 10 games. It is insane, the growth we've had. I just can't wait to see us keep going because if this is what he's done after 10 games, I can't imagine what he's going to be have completed by the end of his coaching tenure here. Yeah, and we probably could have even talked about it a bit last week when you know we were talking about how much the magnets have had to be moved with the injuries. Mm. Like obviously TDK stepping up into the full-time role, like not really replacing McGovern in the defense. And mm. I mean, you have to you have to put that down to coaching as well to be so adaptable. And not that you and I care too much about what the mainstream media says about Carlton, but I've, I did notice over the weekend a bit of airtime about the fact that this was a great win. And look at our injury list at the same time mm, and who yeah. was on there compared to a Sydney who didn't have row bottom, basically, whereas we didn't That's have it. Coleman, Pitt, all that. So there's just so many things to be pleased about. Yeah. And look, we can we can talk about the second half decline or whatever you want to you know call it, and we will, but I wanted to yep. talk about this because you kind of mentioned the media, you mentioned other fans and whatnot, and... I just want to ask the question, and there's there's going to be a bit more to this as well, but like, what is more important to you? Is it the performance or is it the overall result? Because I want to kind of talk about the narrative around how things have been happening with this team because let's take a hypothetical. Mm. We win this game by the same margin, 15 points, but say we spread out that second quarter across mm-hmm. you know the second half. It's pretty even. We make it a close game, and then we just you know eventually run over the top of of um, Sydney or we're behind and then there's a third quarter or a fourth quarter flurry of goals. We run over yeah. the top of them, still win by 15 points. Ultimately, it's the exact same result. We beat Sydney by 15 points, but the the way we go about it changes. And it's just, for me, 
it's very interesting that I think Love the it. narrative is, oh, you've only played for one quarter, you're no good. But if you spread out that really good quarter, people would potentially think that this you're a better team than they do now. So what for you is more oh, important? Mate. Is the four-quarter performance <laughs> or is it just winning games? I love that you mentioned that because that was something that I've been thinking about too. There was a comment from a Sydney supporter on one of our posts saying something along the lines of, you're not going to go anywhere in finals with a second half like that. And it made me think, mate, you aren't going anywhere with a second quarter like that. Yes. You're so right. It's so discounted how... Yeah, what what did they what what did they outscore us in the second half? Tell me that if you've got it in front of me. Oh, I do not have that in front of me. So uh, I. It looks like it was six, they, six goals to three. In the and half. I'm pretty sure they only kicked one goal in the last quarter. Yeah, I might be incorrect. I'm pretty sure it was one. So really, it was their third quarter versus our second quarter, and overall yeah. we win. But yeah, it's just I just find Hold it on. so interesting about this performance and it has to be four quarters where I don't think that matters for me and it doesn't matter anymore. And maybe that's me coming from the position of I haven't had many wins, so I don't care how we have them, but you know, for all the people and I was getting so many messages in the group chat from opposition fans that, Mm. and my mates that still don't really rate Carlton. They were the ones going, who have you beaten? Who have you beaten? And even now they're going, Oh, you barely beat Sydney. What was that second half? And the big thing is, you only played one quarter, to which I will say, yeah, well, uh, if we only play one good quarter and you still can't beat us over the other three, mm-hmm. that's your problem. Spot like, on. I'm sorry. Do we, do we have to give you four quarters now to try and beat us? Do we have to – we're on for five minutes, we'll kick our goals, and we'll actually take everyone off the ground so you have a chance to win. If we're only playing one quarter and no one can stop us, that's your fault that you're not good enough to do it over three and we'll just do it in one. Testify, mate. I think you've nailed it. I mean, I think that's the thing. We, I mean, you and I have been talking about this since we started this podcast, wanting more rounded performances, like the four quarter yeah. performances in our losses where yes. like this kind of thing was occurring and we were getting pumped for a time. Like if we just stick in at this quarter. But right now when the results are being delivered, I think you're mm. right. We, we we can play our own brand of football like this is Carlton we can do whatever we want and if this is what's going to give us the premiership cup like Mm. it's the results speak for themselves I think you're spot on yeah and like I just don't care how we play as long as we win and that's come (laughs) from my whole life of really of Carlton losing and you know we're eight and two and it's now almost become a trend to some degree of teams coming at us and every time that's happened when we've had a lead We've won every one of those games. We have not given up that lead and lost a game of football. So that is now a trend that we can hold on. We can not only have this scoring flurry, but we can hold on and get the chocolates. And none of us were expecting us to be eight and two. None of us were expecting to be this good. And we're still going to learn. We're still going to grow. We're not the perfect article because we're not playing these four quarters of amazing footy and beating teams Mm. by 100 points. But for again, I feel like I've been saying this last few weeks, but we're doing this, getting results. Yep. We're tied second on the ladder, sitting in third because of percentage, 10 rounds in. That is just absolutely ridiculous to be saying. 
Yeah. And you and I spoke, I've spoken a bit about like changing the benchmark and the goals throughout the season. Like, should we be adjusting what we're going for and also just enjoying where we're mm. at now? Like for yeah. sure, we'll get to, well, we might get to the end of this season and we're talking about next year. It's like, okay, now the goal is the four quarter performances yeah. because maybe that comes undone at the end of the year. But right now, exactly right. You just got to enjoy mm. the fact that even when a team does this and Jay, in that third quarter, especially it, like mm. it felt like they got on top so yeah. much, and look who's sitting in third. Mm. And and going back to the narrative of, you know, you only played one quarter, so it doesn't matter. I mean, going into the game, a lot of people weren't expecting us to win. We, I wasn't expecting us to win. I was mm. saying I could see yeah. us losing this game. So for us to get the win, does the performance really matter if you're eight and two now and every single mm. week? you're proving it and getting over the line. I just I just don't think it does. And I guess the second yeah. quarter is something I really want to talk about, but I'd love to get your thoughts on the actual first quarter because, mm. you know, the second one, the second quarter is the one that's going to get spoken about the most, but we went into quarter time a point behind, pretty wasteful. Like, were yeah. you worried that we had take like missed our chances and that it was then going to be really hard to get back into this game. And, or were you happy enough with the signs you were seeing in that first quarter? I think you asked me kind of a similar question last week. And I'm thinking I'm still, I was still in this same boat where one, when they prove me wrong and they do let me down in a case, in a situation like Mm. this, then I'll feel that way. I I was feeling very confident at quarter time. Um, Mm. You're right. We were wasteful hitting the post a couple of times. Gee, it's nice to have us being the one kick a goal after the siren now. Uh, we've had enough years of that happening to us. Um, yeah, I, I was trying, I guess, optimistically not to buy into that narrative of we've kind of spent all of our mm. you know, momentum and chances yep. that we got and we were going to let them in because it just felt like we were on top in so many areas and, you know, mm. they got some, you know, <clears throat> I didn't feel like their goals were as, you know, they weren't so deserved. Like, they kicked four straight as well. Yeah. Like, they're going to start missing at some point too. So, I don't know. I'm going to guess that you were feeling less optimistic though because that tends to be how you and I go. No, I was actually – I'm pretty much in full agreement with you on this one. Okay. Like, yeah, I'm a little bit disappointed. You're going, oh, man, we should be like – we should be three goals up at this stage yeah, and we're down by a point. Like but I agree with you. I think my mentality changed where I'm not sitting into the – going into this game at quarter time thinking – Oh well, that's us done. Like we're we've missed our chances to go on top. We're not going to win this game of football. I'm still confident mm. we can do it because I've seen enough. I'm just a little bit annoyed we didn't take our chances because, like you sure. look at them and Charlie hits the post within a minute. Should have been a goal. Always misses on the run outside fifty. Could have had two in two minutes, but I'll I'll say that one's a point because it was tough. Okay. Doc misses a chance inside fifty, snapping on the run. Probably should have goaled that one. Motlock yep. misses on the run with an advantage free kick. Should have kicked that. Durden snaps. It's touched from like near the <laughs> inside the goal square. Probably should have kicked that one. You do that and we're, what, three goals up at quarter time. And then, as you mentioned, yeah. Sydney didn't miss. They kicked four straight. And so I think that we had that dominance that I thought, if we just keep this up, eventually they're going to miss. Eventually we're going to kick the goals. And, and this should be ours. And I wish I was able to get the stats at quarter time, but 
The uh, my reception in the stadium <laughs> is no good, and oh, I was even yeah, trying to get the score with like seconds to go in the last quarter, and my app me was too. telling me that the game the game hadn't even started yet. So that was good, uh, <laughs> but I did happen to catch on the the replay of the game that they showed at quarter time that we were plus nineteen in contested possessions, which just showed that dominance and that we were a little bit sloppy to concede some goals and let them get out pretty easily. But we had that dominance. And I really think that that kind of, I guess, set us up for that second quarter. So I guess let's talk about the best part of that game. Ridiculous. You, you kind of said it before, but is that the best quarter that you've you've ever seen Carlton play? <laughs> I was certainly, J-Rob and I at halftime were racking our brains trying to think of a better one because we were like, gee whiz, just so, so dominant. It's surprising mm. to me looking at it that they even scored, they even kicked three goals because yeah. they did they did well to slip them in there. I didn't even realize they did. It felt like they were all ours. Mm. I think It feels like maybe this is recency bias, but the only one that maybe comes close was the Richmond one in round one where we just run over the top in that last quarter. Um, There was that flurry of goals against Adelaide last year, but, you know, it's just not at the big occasion. It it matters when you come into these games and and beat a team like Sydney. And for me, just from every single person in that quarter, that was the best team performance that I've seen. Just the pressure when that ball hit the ground, it looked like seven different guys were hunting the footy. They had no time. We were forcing errors from from Sydney. The ability to be there at the, every fall of the ball, particularly inside 50, was incredible. And it was that, that big thing again. We don't have Harry. We need the smalls. And I thought they completely took over in that second quarter. What for you was the little things that went right? Yeah, good call out with the smalls. Um, I think that was something last week that I was a little bit speculative speculative of unsure whether that was going to be something sustainable moving forward um, mm. with with Dirt's always and Motlop. Um, great performance again from all three. God, mm. it was – God, Motlop's exciting and I just wish oh. he could have kicked more than one. He deserved more than one. Um, yeah, just all three of those guys. I thought Dirt's was so, so important at certain stages and – and always again racking up the pill. Mm. Last year we yeah. were like, yeah, cool, cool. Always like, just get your five touches and and get your five tackles, and we'll be happy. Mm. And now he's getting fifteen touches, getting up the ground. It's amazing. So that was one of the yeah. things for me that was really pleasing. The smalls for sure. Yeah, I'll I'll deep dive into them a little bit here because they were electric. And gee, when these three bring the pressure. It, it's unlike anything else I've seen. It reminds yeah. me of the old Jeffy, Yaron, and, and Betts, but it's, it's almost – it's completely different. I feel like the pressure in the way that these guys are playing, it, it's a different element. And you have you have Durden, mm-hmm. 12 disposals, gets two goals, three tackles, six score involvements, has 17 pressure acts, which was actually the most non – from a non-midfield player at Carlton for the game – he would ended up leading that by twenty, uh, leading that with twenty six. But to have seventeen of them, just showed that he was bringing the heat when the ball was on the ground and causing turnovers, causing a ruckus, and we were definitely getting goals because of it. You have Motlop, twelve disposals, one goal, three, and yeah, mm. he had so many of these little almost moments, and everyone around me was was saying the same thing. Just oh my god, we've got a player because you can just see it. 
And he, he has that magic when he almost kicked that ball over his head into the goals. I was up. I reckon oh. the ball hadn't even touched his boot. I was out of my seat thinking this has gone in. I had to sit back down a bit disappointingly when it didn't go in. Uh, but there was another moment where like he almost stole the ball ball out of like his opposition opponent's hands and, and almost kicked mm. one. And you're thinking, this is just out of nothing this guy can create stuff. And if you've got your dirt and, and always creating the pressure and both of those are able to kick goals, but Motlop just does something just different. He's just so exciting. And he had the six score involvements, yeah. 10 pressure acts. And then we talk about Matty Owies, who gets on the scoreboard this week, 15 disposals, one goal, two, four tackles, which was actually the most tackles um, from a non-mid player for Carlton. And three of which were inside 50, which was a game high from him. Um, nine score involvements and eight pressure acts. Just the stat line from these three for the past few mm-hmm. weeks has just been electric. I don't want people to think that I'm repetitive with some of these things that I seem to bring up every week. But we had to remind ourselves during the game, like, Molop feels like a 50-game player mm. and Dirds yeah. feels like a 100-game player. These guys are still so um, young in their careers. And what we're getting now is just the beginning, which is just mm. makes it even more exciting. And they haven't even played that much footy together. So for them to have this chemistry that seems Nothing. to be there with this forward line that's had been chopped and changed so much, no Martin, no Harry. You know, there's these guys have yep. not played footy together. It's just ridiculous. And for us to be playing this well across the board, it's just absolutely amazing. Did you have any other big key points you wanted to talk about in that second quarter? Because I feel like there's one big man that might need to be spoken <laughs> about. Hmm, a big man. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, no, it's... uh. Again, it's crazy. I think back to our preseason review and it was like, I know we know he's injured and so, of course, to Harry, but it was like, I hope this is the big man you're talking about, by the way. It um, is. Okay, cool. I was Tom like, McCartan, yeah? Get some, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, TDK is going to get some love in this pod, but maybe towards the end. <laughs> um, how is this man leading the Coleman? He, he, in, in his games for us last year, we were like, oh, it's so good to have him back, but. What are we going to get yeah. from this man? And this is what we've got. Not many people were believing that we were going to get anything close to what we saw pre-injury from Charlie. And I was one of them. I thought there was a chance, but I thought it was going to take at least another season. I expected this year to be kind of what we saw at the end of last year. He's finding his feet. He'll probably bob up in a few games. He might kick two or three, but he just might look a little off for the season, Mm. but it's just about getting him back, getting his body there and having another target that takes away a defender from Harry. And that's all I was hoping for. Just a full season, clean bill of health. I did. I never expected him to be leading the Coleman, even without a Harry there kicking six goals. What, what a performance. And he had 10 score involvements, which was the second highest for the game. Kennedy led that with one more at 11. Him to be doing this key forward, just the strength of him. There was that. There was one, I believe it was in the second quarter, where he's near the goal square, ball comes in. I'm going, geez, he's not in position here. He's got a man on him. Just maybe yeah. bring this to ground. Somehow he clunks it. Like the strength he has to outbody and to clunk them, he's he's come back better than he, he's ever been. Oh, yeah. I, I genuinely can't believe it. We we spoke about this as well when we caught up at halftime. <clears throat> Um, 
obviously the GWS tactic was just take Charlie out of the game yeah. and, and hope that he has absolutely no impact and he still managed to kick the couple. Um, and with Sydney, I didn't felt like they did that. It was like, Tom, go ahead and, and do your best. And, gee, he yeah. just could not do it. He couldn't do it without giving away a free kick or getting outmarked. Even when we were, mm. again, we, you knew where we were heading. We were still going to keep going to him, um, but too good. Yeah, and he he does he moves so well that I wanted to talk about the free kicks because it was a bit of a point of contention from uh, some Swan supporters. Mm, but of course, I understand that there's always going to be some fifty fifty ones that maybe go a team's way. It's just nature of the beast. But honestly, for the most part, maybe this is just my Carlton bias. I thought so many of them were there, particularly for Charlie and the big tall where ball comes in and. He was just in the right position, winning the winning the contest. And yeah. as soon as you put your hands around him, as soon as you grab that jumper, that's holding. You can't be doing that. And that's a free yeah. kick. And I thought they pretty much paid all of them. And so I had I didn't have too much of an issue with a lot of the free kicks. I'd love to get your thoughts on how you saw that whole thing play yeah. out. Oh, I agree. It's it's kind of the everyday of the week stuff that you see with Hawkins and King. It's like you just can't be doing that. Like you got to mm. do what what Weeders does. He just doesn't even put himself in a situation where he can get caught out like that, mm. trying to defend in that way. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I didn't really. Mm. There, there, look, there was there was some umpiring decisions where, um, like the bloke that ran too far, was it Warner that yeah. ran too far? Um, and then I thought the descent was very soft. Yeah, there, there was some there was some things around the game, but but the you know. Charlie versus um, McCartan just was a non-factor mm. for me. I think he was always going to always going to do that. And for the most part, like when we're first to the ball in that first half, we're dominating everything. The ball's coming in that hot. We're winning it. If you're first mm. to the ball and there's so much pressure, of course you're going to win free kicks. Just because totally. the differential is so oh. one-sided doesn't mean, and it will never mean that the umpires are favoring one team. Like, you need oh, to win mate. the ball first and you might get a free kick. It, it's just always so stupid. And the fact that I didn't yeah. hear it, but I saw some people talk about um, old mate horse apparently was talking about the, the free kicks and he wasn't happy with it. Like, come on, mm. mate, jog on. Yeah. The, the commentators don't help with, with free kick differential chats. I feel mm. like you made a good point. Like if, if, if the free kicks aren't there, then that's one story. But if all you're talking about is a discrepancy, yeah, you've got no idea. Like that's just not how this works. If you've got specific examples, then then we can start somewhere. But if you're just concerned that one team's getting way more, it's probably because they're playing way better. Yeah, I agree. Um, so was there anything else you wanted to touch on in that uh, second quarter flurry? <sighs> Look, everything was perfect. So nothing, nothing specifically. Yeah, I get you. I just want to run through. I wrote them down, and I just think it'd be fun to go through all those goals, get some, get some memories. Um, basically, you have Durden's dribble to to start it. You got Charlie Sorry. comes in, marks one, and finishes it. You get a free kick from Kennedy, just playing the smart thing, winning the ball. Mm -hmm. He finishes, and this was the thing. I feel like this quarter in particular, we were finally the ones that were taking those opportunities, and it was eventually going to happen. You know, Charlie wins a free kick, finishes. Motlop grabs it out of nowhere, snaps oh, it within two good. seconds, kicks it. He could have had another three doing that. Charlie, the ball comes in. He's hanging out the back of the contest, picks it up, 
snags one from the goal square. It's about time we get some of those shit goals because I feel like we are always working hard or having to kick some miraculous ones. And speaking of that, big TDK. Oh, stop it. I need to talk about that thing from Saad. He looked like he was running himself into trouble about 30 times. All of a sudden, he's like, no, I'll just hit up TDK beautifully. And um, did you did you think Tom was any chance of kicking that one? Because <laughs> because I tell you, I did not. I genuinely didn't. I was like, this could this could go anywhere. It, he, <clears throat> we should have had faith in him based on that one yep. from last week. But it was like I, I was genuinely still thinking, how the fuck did Sadi do that? <laughs> how did he pinpoint that so well? And how did he know that TDK was going to kick it too? Because you just know he did. Yeah. He wouldn't have put he wouldn't have put us in that situation if Sadi didn't know that it was going through. So he's just a genius. Oh, I was definitely joking about him being able to kick this. Like I saw him, you know, very similar to kind of like your Jack Nunes where it's like security guy has to get yeah. up on his chair, moves backwards. He's still not out of the way, has to move again. I was being like, mate, you got to get some cables in there. Bring Jack Nunes on for this one. And then I reckon it was, and I'm not saying that I had any faith in this, but it was just <laughs> before he strikes it. I've just gone, hang on, he's a left footer. Maybe he'll have a decent hit of this. It's the right side for it. And then as soon as that yeah. came off the boot, one of the best kicks you'll see. And like that's that's what good teams always did to us. It was these half chances, you just bury mm-hmm. them. And then the opposition goes, fuck, they're, just, they're kicking everything. Like it's just demoralizing. So I remember thinking that so much as a fan when I remember like your Richmonds would do it. Um, St. Kilda would always do it to us where they're just they're hitting every one of these half chances and it's it's hard of being that opposition. And then after that, that tackle pressure is finally rewarded. Fish picks it up, goals, another one, dirt and just hard at it, gets a free kick from high and then finishes the business. And there was just so much pressure. The ball was coming in hot and everyone was clunking it and finishing it off. It was just a nine-goal quarter is ridiculous. We're almost at 100 points at halftime. That was just insane. Wasn't it crazy? Uh, I just love uh, – it's great to run through that and reminisce. And it, it's so clear as well, all the avenues that we have mm. and any concern about us being one-dimensional with the best forward in the league being injured, uh, yeah, are gone. It's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, and that was like – in terms of leading up to the game, that was one of the things where I was like, look, we weren't sure how we were going to go last week and we got the win without Charlie being dominant. But mm. are we going to be able to back that up again now that Sydney have seen how we played with just Charlie up forward and a very small forward line? Is this where we get mm. beaten? And again, I've just been you know, mm. proven, proven wrong again that we can do it. And knowing that Sydney were the better opposition, a more exactly. structured team, they're pretty good defensively, you thought it was going to be hard. And I think it was one of the first times that we came up against an opposition that is known for their intercepting and cutting mm. off avenues to score. Us going in, knowing we only have the one tall really down there. And I was oh, cool. never worried about being cut off and intercepted and cut back through the field the other way. It seemed like we just never gave them those entries that were just shallow, high in the air that allowed them to intercept. And, even when there was a couple that were quite high and there was a lot of Sydney players around it, every single player around it was doing enough to get some body contact, to put enough pressure on that they weren't holding the marks. It was maybe getting fumbled or just getting to the ground. And that's why we were Uh kicking those goals. And for the smalls, like I know I saw always get some body contact on, dirt and do it at times. 
for these guys to be able to do this against tall, taller opposition, it, it just bodes so well for when we can finally get some structure back into this forward line, get a Harry back, maybe get a Jack Martin back as well. These guys that can get these marks, it's just going to be absolutely ridiculous when we can get this forward line fully functioning. Because if this team isn't at full strength and we're doing this, Jesus, these opposition teams are going to be worried. Yeah. Well, maybe it's a question that we'll talk about a bit more when we we talk about the team for next week. But Jake B asked a very similar question. How does the forward line look when Harry is back? Because I'm liking all these little guys running around. And you say say Jack Martin. And, I mean, he was a guy who I was like, before that injury, he's kind of one of those guys on the precipice a bit. Um, Jeez. It's going to be interesting. Mm. It's going to be interesting. I don't know. There's not a whole lot of uh, guys looking to get taken out of this side right now. Mm. Yeah, and like you can easily go, Oz is probably the one not kicking a lot of the goals. Motlob looks a little bit more electric as far as kicking the goals, so you get rid of him. And he's the the lesser light of those where he doesn't probably have the ceiling, but I I just really think that what Oz is doing is – why all these other players are starring. It's that pressure. It's the most tackles, you know, for, for a non-mid from Carlton, the most tackles inside 50. He's bringing that heat and doing those little things. And I was listening to Pommy talking the other week, talking about our small forwards and mentioning how what Hardwick was saying with his small forwards that were a big reason why Richmond were, were winning flags was he, mm. he didn't care if they were kicking goals. Their job in the team was not necessarily to kick goals. It was to apply that front half pressure. And if they did that, goals would come and other players would get the reward from that. And I feel like that's what we're trying to do as well, that more modern style of football. And I agree with you. Like I like Jack Martin. I think he he adds a, a bit of a different, you know, dynamic style to that forward line. But <laughs> gee, who who are you dropping? And it goes back to your thing. Yeah. While you're playing well, while you're winning games of footy, it is hard to take anyone out of this team. And I would not wanting to be that selection committee every week trying to find out how these guys can potentially come back in because, gee, someone's going to be stiff coming out the other way. Yeah, exactly right. Look, we're, we've often talked about like, okay, what's this team looking like when we have absolutely no injuries? Maybe that's a bit, you know, too blue sky. There's always going to be some injuries um, with yeah. some of the guys that we have on our list. But, yeah, it's it's exciting. We've got lots of options. 100%. So we've been very, very positive. We've got to get a little bit negative. I said we'd talk about it. Let's talk about that second half, third quarter in particular. We have mentioned how we're happy with just the, the final end result rather than just the performance. Mm. But do you have any little concerns potentially from anything you saw in that second half at all? I'll preface this by saying I actually haven't had a chance to watch the replay yet. Yep. So everything that I felt was being there in beautiful Marvel, where, gee, I wish we could play every game there almost. Um, just based on how we're playing, we love the the MCG, of course. 100%. Um, I do not have good analytical points about this third quarter mm. because I kind of sat there and couldn't really see where we were breaking down or changing how we mm. were playing. <clears throat> It felt a lot more to me like Sydney being a really good team, making their push, which they were always going to make. I know that isn't <clears throat> apologies. <laughs> I know that isn't the strongest analysis ever, but yeah. I was sitting there at three quarter time thinking, like uh, J Rob said, what what would you change if you were Vossi right now? And mm. I said, I wouldn't change anything because yeah, 
I feel like it's all in place and we just have to kind of deliver. Mm, but so yeah. I'm, I'm very interested to hear your thoughts. Look, I, I haven't been able to see the second half back. <laughs> I had enough time to watch half of football and I chose the fun first half. Yeah, I, I didn't get to call. see that and I ended up seeing probably the last about five, ten minutes of the last quarter to see how that went back. So I haven't had enough time to really delve in and break down every single goal we conceded. But I just remembered being there because, I mean, we, we caught up at halftime. We started watching a bit of the third quarter together to the point mm-hmm. where Sydney started so hot that I think I said, look, I'm not dealing with this. We need to get back to our seats. Be superstitious because that's when we were kicking goals. And I tell you, I got back to my seat and my mom immediately goes, see, we've kicked a goal now that you're back here. You're not going, you're not leaving this chair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're back. We're kicking goals. Um, yeah, but I thought that thing. honestly that third quarter, I was starting to see just personnel issues. Like Sydney, we're going to come at some stage, as we kind of keep mentioning, these good teams are going to have their patch where they're stronger at it. And I just felt like we didn't have that outlet kick. We didn't have that extra tall out there, whether it was having a pit, having a Harry, where when we're under pressure, we can confidently go down the line and know you're going to get that contested mark or stretch Mm. the field with these talls. We just didn't have that. And so when... Sydney really brought that heat. It was really hard to get out of jail. And we just made a couple of sloppy errors here or there. We'd do so well. The ball would come in. We'd mop it up. And then we'd have the out and we'd just make a poor choice by hand, try to take the game on too much, get caught holding the ball. There were just these little errors that I think we were losing possession of the ball at the worst time, worst place on the ground. And Sydney were able to capitalize and, yeah, I think we ended up probably getting a little bit tired with that five-day break. There were talks yep. about a potential illness and some real sore bodies. Yeah. And, yeah, I guess I, that always maybe comes out. But, yeah, I thought we were just – it was going to happen. And, yeah, I, I think it just came down to that. We were a little bit tired. And in the end, we, we held on and did enough. So, therefore, is there anything that you would have said to that question? Like, was there – guys in certain positions that you felt like that's what that's what i was kind of thinking like the i was like where are the weak links where were the weak links in that third quarter and Mm. it was really hard for me to put my finger on it yeah it's it's tough and that's where i was not thinking uh, there's nothing i can change right now it's simply god we just miss a couple of key players we miss a pit being in the ruck being able to give us back that midfield dominance because when we're under pressure and their talls are beating Tom with a beautiful kid out that gets them going from the contest, gee, there's not much you can do because we don't yeah. have our number one Ruckman and we're not at full strength. We don't have Harry as that lead-up option to take some pressure off. We don't have Jack Martin pushing up being another marking target. We don't have that intercept defender to help you know fix things up for us. Like I just didn't think that we had the personnel out there to properly deal with it, and I thought we were doing well enough. And I yeah. thought we, we sort of weathered it enough that it came down to that last quarter. And I watching watching back little bits of that last quarter, I was incredibly impressed mm. with oh. what we were able to do. Because, again, they only kicked one goal in that last quarter. We kicked one goal in that last quarter. So, it really, yep. that dominance from Sydney was only that third quarter. 
Yeah. And uh, again, you know, shout out to the haters and what they would say, like the fact that they were inaccurate in that last quarter, for instance. Mm. They were not, uh, in my opinion, getting the ball in good spots for scoring. Like they were taking hard shots and missing them, in my opinion. Mm. So I'm not, you know, and that's again, uh, that's to our defense for forcing that to happen. Mm. Uh, God, what can we say about the defenders and especially Waiters in that last quarter? And before I touch on Waitering, because I need to, when you put that scoreboard pressure on and they know that they have to kick straight like they have for three quarters, basically, of them pretty much kicking every single goal, I'm I'm pretty sure they kicked. They had not missed at halftime as well. Yeah, they were seven goals, nothing at halftime. So eventually that luck, I guess, in some capacity is going to go away and you know, you have to miss at some stage. And I think that was almost keeping them in it at halftime. If they miss a few of those, we kick our goals at quarter time. Game's probably 100% done at halftime. But, you know, things mm. happen. You can say could have, should have, whatever. Reality happens. And, yeah, they, we, they're under pressure to kick them in that last quarter. And, yeah, I agree. I didn't think they had the greatest looks at it. And, yeah, our defense was not making it easy for him. And it's what made that last quarter such a short quarter. There was not yeah. a lot of stoppages. It was a lot of, you know, free-flowing game and we were not allowing them to just get the ball in like they did in that third quarter. I thought we held up really well. We had so many chances to break out and Tom DeConing was massive in that last quarter. How good. Had, the, had four out of his five marks in that last quarter, all key contested ones. Unfortunately... <laughs> just made a few mistakes there. Like we had the ball. We could have just gone slow, tried to go fast a few times. I think Durden at one stage, we have the, we have two options you can go for that sum this up and we can go down, probably kick a goal, kicks it in between them straight to the Sydney player. They rebound and yep. go down there. And so it was just a couple of little probably unforced errors from us that made it a closer game than it probably should have been. So, I was so impressed. And yeah, as you mentioned, Weedering, you can take the take the floor with him. He was just that might be he's had a lot of amazing games, but that one could have been his best game I've seen for us. Yeah. Well, I suppose it kind of transitions me into like really the only thing from this game that I'd love to I guess get your opinion on how we can Im- improve it going forward. Because yeah. when the ball is going in and they're sending it in in that fourth quarter, we are as rock solid as they come. And I just mm. have so much faith in wearing any time that the ball is heading in his direction that at the very, very least that ball is going out of bounds. And more yep. likely than not, he's going to somehow end up with the ball. And it is just incredible. But I suppose then for me, and of course I'd love to hear you touch on wearing as well, but it just transitions into uh, I'm so fine with how that is is working, but it's like you say, coming out of defense then. Yeah. How can in those circumstances where clearly we don't want to take risks and clearly we are getting tired, yes. how can we how can we change that? Because as mm-hmm. much as we have faith in these guys to be able to defend it when the ball comes in, I'd love us to be able to at least stop it coming in so many times. Yeah. And that just happens by controlling the ball better and moving it up better. Um, mm. What are your thoughts on all that? No, it's a good point. And look, it's probably something that's just going to have to evolve. And we've gotten so many little things right in such a short period of time. Ball movement's probably the hardest thing to get right. And I hate to literally give this probably cop-out answer, but it's something that's just going to have to take some time for us to learn 
how yeah. to do it successfully. And the more we're under pressure, the more in these situations, hopefully we can you know look at the footage and go, this is what we didn't do right. This is how we get out of this situation. And it can eventually get drilled into us and we can figure it out. And I have so much faith in us because we've been able to fix so much else. And it, it seems clear to me that the idea is these quick or slow, depending on the time of the game, but these short passes. And that's how yes. we're trying to get out of it. And it seems like at just times we're maybe making the wrong decision of we probably could have gone slower there when we tried to go fast mm. or the opposite of, oh, we probably didn't need to go with that short chip kick. Uh, there was one turnover that was really bad. It might have been Lewis Young. I, I can't remember, not to single him out, but it was just yep. the decision of yeah, you probably didn't need to go the short kick in that option when it was sort of 50-50. It's mm. just get that out of there, get it long, go down the line, but – Maybe that's the the personnel of, gee, we, we're, we're not confident because we don't have the tools there. Like, I'm not too sure what yep. it is, but Good point. I think I'm pretty confident that we'll figure out eventually how to get that all working for us. Yeah, no, you make a great point. I mean, I, I feel the same way. I suppose, and that's the, that's the positive part. Like, that's kind of the only thing I took away from this mm. game where it's like, okay, there's something that we can clearly work on for us to be yes. a better team moving forward uh, when everything else just seems to be going so right. So, um, but then again, why, why do we need to yeah. work on it? If, if Jacob's just going to absolutely stop any advance that comes his way, we are so lucky oh. to have that man. He's ridiculous. And like, I know Buddy's not the forward he once was, but for him to just have no effect on that contest, no effect on the game because Weedering just completely stopped him. And there was just a few times where I think I said this to you at some stage, but the ball comes in and you've you've got the faith that Jacob is going to sort it out. But there was one in particular. I'm pretty sure he wasn't even facing the ball. And all of a sudden, everything clears and he's the one that has the ball. And you're going, how the fuck did he even mark that? How He didn't even look like he was in the right position but he just reads it so well. He knows exactly where to be, how to yeah. position his body. And it's not just him getting a fist to it and stopping his opponent getting to it. He's getting these intercept marks. And he, we've, we've spoken about it for years now since we started this podcast, how he has never been an All-Australian. But it's so good that at least finally <laughs> these out. idiots out there are try, finally seeing what we've been saying for two years, three, if not three years, of what Jacob Weeding's all about because – he is the best defender in this competition. It's he's, he's beyond human, basically, this man at this yeah. stage. Yeah, agree. Um, I'll give a quick drive-by to a Port player as well because I watched a Port <laughs> game recently and was watching the man that got in over him and it made me ill thinking uh, that that man got in ahead of him. So, yeah, his time has come. And we love it. 100%. Uh, so, look, positives. We've spoken about a lot. Is there anything else you really wanted to touch on about this game and this performance? I think we did. I have to say this man's name, Matty Cottrell. Oh. What a bloody turnaround. <laughs> Mate, that first 10, 20 minutes, he was, he was best on ground. And that's not even oh. – I'm not even joking. His first 10 minutes was electric. We, we spoke about him last week as someone that – he probably just deserved a bit of an opportunity after Absolutely what he had done did. with those subs performances. And uh, he's just doing everything he needs to do. He's not necessarily the flashiest player. He's not out there being best on ground for the whole thing. But, gee, when the ball's there, he's hard at it. He's using the ball well. He's bursting forward. 
He's clunking those marks one-handed, pulling them oh, down. Oh, how good. Nothing. How good. It, it's. I'm so happy with what, again, I mean, I'm going to give the coaching group the credit of all these yep. role players, bit part players. We're getting the best out of the sum of our parts. Like there's these players that you're going, gee, he's not that good. He's got this strength. We're getting the strengths out of these guys. It's no longer, oh, this guy isn't good at this. This guy isn't good at this. We're seeing the positives of these players and we're playing to their strengths. It's everything we spoke about under all these other coaches that we weren't getting right, that it, it's happening. And finally, these players that even a plowman you can speak about who oh, yeah. much maligned keeps having these decent performances because we're able to structure around the rest of the team and everyone's just just playing so much better. It's so great to see that these role players, these bottom six that I keep harping on about, just keep Absolutely. performing under a great system. Thank you, Vossi. Thank you. Yeah, that's it. I mean, last year we, around the mid-season, we were saying, oh, Kennedy, is it time for him to stop mm. getting the game? That gave yeah. him a rev up. Cotters, another one. Who's the next man? Who's the next man that we're uh, lighting a fire underneath? Have, you can have a think about it. We'll, we'll come Gee. in the next few weeks maybe. Yeah, I'll have to have a think about that one. Um, look, there's another player I really want to touch on because yeah. we've probably spoken about him a fair bit over the past month of football, but he's just gone and done it again. And that is, of course, your man, Zachy Fisher. How 18 good. disposals, 14 kicks at 78%. He's getting those two goals almost every single week and important ones too. 10 score yeah. involvements, 344 meters gained. It just does everything right. Like I, I don't even know what to say. I'm going to open it up to you because yep. he's becoming – He, I think he's now become the player that we're all expecting him to be yeah. now. He, he's so important for how we play. Well, that's exactly it. Like it's, he's just such a perfect compliment to uh, – I feel like I've said, I said this verbatim last week. The The – the midfield mix that we have now, he is just the perfect compliment to have on, mm. on the outside. Um, and, you know, I don't want to have to lump them together, but could say the same thing about your man, Lob. Um, yeah. They're both they're both just coming to their own, the players that we hoped that they could be. And, God, can still get better than this. Yes. Um, but it's just so nice having these kick-first guys um, that start so much offense for us and um, mm. are doing all, all those things that we hope they would. Um, yeah, gosh, it's just, it's just amazing. Uh, we, you and I, we should have like a, you know, have a listen back to an episode last year and and, to, and have a listen to how we spoke about some of these players because Fish was He's a changed. guy that it's like, is he, is he ever going to be mm. a clear best 22 guy? Yeah, crazy. Look, maybe, crazy. maybe don't go back because I'll, I'll sound like an absolute <laughs> idiot for the amount of players I've probably said. He's done. Let's retire him, and then all of a sudden he's one of our best. So please don't go back. Uh, <laughs> uh, my all my takes will be cancelled because they're just disgusting. But <laughs> look, you, you mentioned my man, and look, if anyone sits on the level two wing and you hear some idiot. <laughs> Yelling out about O'Brien and just every – it's he's, man, he just did a handball. What are you yelling about him being a superstar? That's me. I apologize. I absolutely love yeah. it because I want to get around these players that everyone seems to just shit on all the time. And if they do something good, I want to get up and about because I want the fans to start buying into these players. And him and Durden – and it seemed like every player was doing this as well, but I really remembered mm. them. 
How good was the first half us standing on the mark and somehow smothering the ball? Oh, yeah. Little things. The pressure that we were building, just these, you mentioned it perfectly there, little things that we were getting right. And that's that's what the good teams do. And I guess I'll come in with a bit of a fan question here. Got one here from Daniel Britton that he sent in. And he says, look, when does it become reality for Carlton fans? And I've added this in here as well for the football public. Um, mm. to say that we are a good football team. And he, he <laughs> ends it with, or was this win the one that cemented it? That's a great question. Oh, you're so asking it, it to me. I'm, I'm asking <laughs> it to you. I'm bringing the questions, mate. You've Gee, got to, mate, you've you got to finally give me some answers. Um, someone asked me that same question too uh, in my friend circle. Uh, and I said, it's, I think it's when we're holding the cup, to be honest. Yeah, I, I don't think we're going to get the respect um, until that day, personally. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's I like it that way. But uh, yeah. maybe well, you have a more realistic response than that. But it just feels that mm-hmm. way. It, like, how many more tests can we pass? If we beat Melbourne, yeah. they're going to say it's because, I don't know, David Neitz wasn't there or mm-hmm. something. <laughs> I love that. Uze's not there in the pocket. Exactly. Um, yeah, I think that as far as the fans, last week was the big one of getting a lot of people to believe and be confident. This one, I think every single person is now aligned thinking, Jesus, I didn't think that we'd be doing any of this. I think every single thing, you cannot find me a Carlton supporter and I I would challenge you to find me a Carlton supporter that doesn't believe now in thinking that we're a good football team. You know, we're not all saying that we're going to win the flag this year. I I think we're still pretty realistic, but there's a chance and, and, you know, I've seen people say it, and I think it was Heath Buck that brought this one out. Mm. Said, you know, why not us? Why can't we do it? Yep. And and I love that take. But as love. far as us being a top eight team, a team that can go out, and you expect us to to have a really good crack at, at winning every single week, no matter who we're playing, I think that's us now. And as far as the football public, I agree with you. I, I'm not sure when they'll cotton on to it, and and maybe it. Maybe it goes to maybe me and my um, thinking last year with Melbourne. Mm. It took me a long time before I finally was like, Melbourne are a good team. Because yep. it's so hard to watch a team that you don't support that have been garbage for a long period of time finally start winning games. And it's, oh, yeah, but maybe mm. who have they played? And, and you're starting exactly. to say all these things. And it took me probably halfway through the season of, well, they're just not losing games. They have to be good. And then it was, I, I, you know, they finish on top of the ladder and you go, yeah, well, they're, they're definitely the best team this year. But can they win the flag? There's still those doubts. And it's probably going to be until we have these finals wins, win the cup, that finally people will go, oh, shit, Carlton were good. And guess what? Yeah. We'll be letting you know because we're letting you know now. And Jesus, if we, if we win one, we are going to be so unbearable. And I absolutely oh, love it. I love it. I was... It. Uh... I was uh, I went and watched the the VFL yesterday, and I, I bypassed Ligon Street on the way home just to kind of get a bit of the vibe. And I was imagining, I was like, "Gee, I imagine these streets on Grand Final Eve." Gee, how nuffy is that? But it was, it's true. <laughs> oh, mate, I will be telling work. You may see me again. You might not. I could. I might. I might die on those streets, but I'll tell you, I'll be having the greatest time ever and I'll be back whenever, whenever I come back (laughs) because Jesus, I'll be, I'll be there for potentially a whole 12 months. It will just be absolute scenes. And um, yeah, I guess 
I had one little last point. I know we've been going for a while, um, but every time we win these big games, we're going to be talking for a big times. And I, and at least we're winning. It's not a big, long, ranted episode that has to stretch out for two hours because we're unhappy nitpicking things. It's all positives. <laughs> one exactly. of those positives is, and look, I, I'll put my hand up on these. There has been zero fact-checking for this. Um, <laughs> oh, this is going to be good. But I'm just taking people's word for it because I absolutely love to do that because I'm not a real journalist, so I don't have to fact-check. And that is that we had nine players under 22 years old play, nine players with less than 50 games. We had 13 players under the age of 23. And I have saw some stats Jay. of people, actual journalists, writing headlines saying that this is the youngest team that we've fielded Bolton didn't have a team that was this young. Teague mm. didn't have a team that was this young. That is an, that is just insane to think about from the rebuilding and how young we were and inexperienced. And that was the excuse that we were all all saying. I was saying it of we're young, give us a bit of time. We're inexperienced. Yeah. Gee, it's insane what happens when I guess you get the right pieces to be the right ages, get the right systems, just how much... Age doesn't matter. It's next man up. Anyone can play their role. I just, it yeah. baffles my mind hearing some of these stats about how young we are. Gee, I wish we hadn't delisted Levi though. Get him, <laughs> slot him straight into this team. Remember people saying that a month ago? Why did we delist Levi? Yeah, oh, no. look, uh, no. We'll keep him up on the Gold Coast. He's probably still grabbing his jumper because he kicked one goal for this season. Uh, that, that's him. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, look, I just love it. I actually love it. And we have, I think we're the only team that hasn't played anyone over the age of 30. And that's because we've only got one and he's 32. And unfortunately, Ed's injured. Um, yeah. But yeah, Nick Newman, oldest person that has played at 28 years old, which is Crazy. bizarre for how good we're playing, which probably even shows you that this is just the beginning. How young is this team? Sam Walsh is 21. Chair is what, 22, 23? So yep. young. We've just got an incredible list and keeping Crazy. the positives going. Let's get into the votes before we get into some fan questions. Uh, right. I've tallied up the fan votes. With one vote, you have given that to Sammy Walsh, the man I just spoke about. He was unreal. One we haven't spoken about at all. So I think he needs to get touched on in this game. Um, two votes yeah. were to Jacob Weedering, the absolute rock in our defense. And the three votes the fans gave it to the one and only Charlie Kerno. Six goals. What an absolute weapon. Have you agreed with the Love fans it. out there? Very close as usual, me and the fans, which we love to see. Um had to give Charlie the three. Weeders could have got the three as well, but I'll give him the two because, you know, he didn't kick six. Yeah. Um, but I had to give the one. Again, it's funny. We've hardly talked about Walsh. Have we mentioned Patrick Cripps? Um, and also no. the guy that, that got one vote. I had to, I had to give it to George mm. because for me, I just I loved how he went about it against yeah. his old side. Um and he just kind of exemplifies for me exactly what makes that midfield group so so good now. Like he makes all these yeah. other guys better. He's the guy that is making Fisher and O'Brien look better by just his smarts and his ability mm. to, to put guys in better situations by winning that the contested ball 
feeding it out to them. And he's just such an important part of that midfield mix. And so, yeah, look, there's so many guys I could have given the one to, oh. but um, I'm going George because I just thought I just thought he was fantastic. No, nah, look, I, I, I literally wrote a note saying, gee, George is stiffed not to get a vote here because mm. oh, he was just unbelievable. Nine clearances, which was the game high oh. against his old team. He, as you mentioned, he just set up so much of what was good for us, particularly late. I thought he was just so strong. He had a couple of score involvements. I remember that handball yep. out for um, that ended up being Motlop's goal. Just mm-hmm. this Seven player tackles. that we've got who no one wanted. Sydney didn't want him. They were like, no, nope, doesn't fit in our team. Well, guess what, Sydney? You can stick that right up here because George Hewitt is one of the yeah. best midfielders in this competition. You idiots. Why would you let him go? <laughs> and, yeah, but unfortunately, I haven't given, given him the one. He probably could have had Fair it. enough. I gave the one to Walshy. It's funny. I actually had Hewitt in my votes until I watched the game back and Walshy mm. then crept in and took it. 34 disposals, four tackles, seven score involvements, 16 pressure acts. Maybe it's because he did a little bit more on the outside, but I just thought while she was was absolutely unbelievable, he's taken the one. Love it. I've been a bit stiff maybe here as well. I've given Charlie the two. I gave Weeder in the three, and maybe that's the recency bias of what he did in that last quarter, really giving us that win at the end. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, both well-deserving of the three. It was hard to pick between the two of them. Yeah, no, great call. We're in a we're in a good space. I'm I'm having a look now at our uh you know little chart of where we've given all our votes so far after ten rounds and it's it's so nice the spread that we've got. Yes. We've got it we've got is. someone clear out in front, but <laughs> there's lots of blokes getting in there which you love to see. Exactly. It's that non Paddy Cripps man of the man of the season. I think <laughs> exactly. we've also got to award it to. Second is gonna be up for grabs. Uh so we've exactly. we've chatted a lot about this game. Let's go straight into some fan questions, Lockie. I'm very excited to see what the lovely listeners um have have given us. Well, we've got some good ones, as always. As always. Can always trust the fans to come through with some good questions, especially after a win, might I yes. say. We'd love that. Trevor Mitchell. We pressed pause on Charlie's career. He's back like he didn't miss a game, let alone years. What is his ceiling? Oh. There is no ceiling. He has torn that ceiling out of here. The sky's the limit is the worst analogy for that one. But I don't know. He's doing this now. He's kicking hmm. six goals. I genuinely don't know. And that is probably the best thing ever. I was worried going into the season of, can we just get like 30% of the old Charlie back? Is he going to be able to move like that still? Can he clunk him? He's succeeded my expectations by heaps. I genuinely don't know what his ceiling could be. Having him and Charlie to be, him and Charlie, he is Charlie, him and Harry to Mm. be one and two best forwards in this competition is just going to be the greatest thing ever to witness for the next 10 years. I, I just can't wait. Yeah. Uh, I, think that's, I think that's where I'd, I think that's where I'd put the, the ceiling title. I think he can genuinely be the best forward in the league. Mm. Um, he yeah. can have that title. And I think he can also get the title um, of most versatile forward in the league. I think yeah. especially, especially once Harry comes back in and we start trying some different things there. Mm. We know that we can sit Charlie in the square and he'll be the best forward. And we know that he can also get up to the wing um, and be just as damaging, mm. which is insane. 
Well, that's maybe this is maybe this is too big of a ceiling, oh. and I don't think he he will do it. But do you think that there's a chance that the just the way Charles plays compared to maybe any other forward in the comp and what he's able to do, that he could be like the closest we see to a key forward winning a brown though. And I'm not saying he has to maybe wow. finish like top three or anything like that, but just genuinely in hmm. the top 10, 15 because of just how he goes about it. Yeah. I mean, really good Is point. That the I mean, yeah, <laughs> imagine that. Um, yeah, I guess obviously the hardest thing about that is how many goddamn good players we have on this team that want to get three votes every week. Mm. But I mean, with the bags that he's kicked, like yeah. you could you could argue how he could get the three votes in each of those um, five plus goal games, and if he keeps doing it, mm. look, I like it. Put it out into the universe, mate. I like it. <laughs> no worries. What what else do you have for me? We've talked about this a little bit, but I'll I'll shout out anyway because it's it's important. Um, Anthony, the lone wolf ant, of course. Um, was this game win? Was this game's win a turning point for the club? Um, mm. We needed to make a statement, and we did. Um, we've spoken a little bit about you know the turning points and how we've kept leveling up, but I think I think it for sure is. It's just another kind mm. of step that we've taken um, this year in terms of changing the narrative about where we are, and I think the belief mm. would would change even more after this one. Yeah, I think belief is the perfect word. It just keeps growing, and you, you hear from the players and, and what they say, and it's next man up, and we go again. We'll definitely win the next game. It doesn't matter who's out there. We stick to our structures. We, we go with the process and, and results will happen. Yep. And we've heard so much talk from this footy club. It just it's always it's it's always felt different this season. From from the coach, from the CEO, from the president, from the players, it's felt different and yep. it's looked different. And the more that we we hold on in these games, the more we have these performances against better opposition. They believe, and, and I think that's the big difference from last year when these teams were getting these big goal swings and running over the top of us. You could see the players out there mentally go, fuck, they've kicked another one. They're going to come again, and I don't know. I don't know if we can stop them. And it all culminated with that Port Adelaide performance, and I just don't see that happening again with this yeah. team. It, you look at that last quarter, and as much as Sydney were coming at us, you could see just with them that there's a chance that we kick the next one and we'll figure it out and we eventually do and Fisher gets that goal and I just have that belief that we can do it. We can kick that next goal. We can get over the line and the more, as I mentioned, we do this, the belief's going to grow for him and I just can't wait to see how far this team can go. Yeah, love it. Gee, speaking of going back and listening to old episodes of us talking on and on, because um, you, you mentioned the CEO and the president, and, and it's just crazy that that was less than a year ago, us talking about, you know, it's not just the coach mm. that needs to change. It's it's so much about what this club is right now. And just made me remember again, it was less than a year ago that every single week we were talking about the review. Oh. And all the media was was the review. Like, Mm. God, it just cannot be overstated how far we have freaking come since we were, we were the laughing stock of the league less than yep. a year ago. Yep. Oh, the turnaround is ridiculous. And one of the men that was instrumental in that, David Madden says, has Cripper sacrificed his Brownlow for the team 
by taking on ruck duties over the last two weeks? Such mm. a good question. And really maybe I'll, question. I'll, I'll maybe I'll even just tweak it a little bit, yep. even though I love what you say here, David. For what he's going to continue to sacrifice the team, is is that going to sacrifice the brown load, do you think? I almost want to take this a different way in my answer, and maybe you can call mm-hmm. me out for not answering this properly, but cool. I think it's almost everyone. Like I don't believe that anyone is going into this, like maybe a Sam Walsh and, and a Paddy Cripps and these players. I don't believe that they're going, oh, I'm going to win the Brown though because of this, 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 and I'm going to go out each week and going to win the Brown. I don't think that they're even thinking about that, and that's what's making me so excited. Every single person is buying in. They're playing their role. They're doing exactly what they need to do to win, and if we win enough games and if we play well enough because we're playing these roles, the trophies, the awards will come. And, yeah, I think there's a a good argument to be made that because he's playing this ruck role around the contests, He's not going to be winning those clearances and doing those flashy things. And yeah, to a degree that might maybe that we've seen over these last few weeks, maybe not the the Paddy Cripps that we saw at the start. And and maybe he might not get the votes because of that. But I just think that that's such a good thing that this team is yeah. we're not worried about those little individual awards as the team success. And that's probably one of those big differences from from what we saw last year. Yeah. No, look, I think you've answered that perfectly. You swerved a little bit. But you answered I'm it at the end track. of the day. So I like it. And I agree with you. Um, I think, yeah, it doesn't really – I mean, God, as much as I would love him to be up there and winning it, yeah. um, I think – I can't believe we really – we didn't mention him because there were so many other good things to talk about. But I mm. think he's improving in his ability to do this role. Like the way that he's yeah. taken these ruck contests, um, he's, he's, he's did well against Hickey mm. and Laddams. Like – um, yeah, it's a it's a different look for our midfield when he does this, and it's not going to deliver three vote performances mm. um, yeah. like it has. But gets the job done. Gets the job done. Mm. Yeah, I think it's that next man up. Everyone having to buy in to play the role. That's why we're winning these games of footy. I one hundred percent believe that. A question, and I specifically think about this. You know, these the, these post game vibes, which I've just been just loving every single time I've gotten to a game. How good? Oh, from Jace Smith. How good is high fiving every Carlton supporter in Melbourne oh. after a game? And I'll I'll add on to that singing singing the song as you walk down the bloody race oh. at Marvel, and How then outside. And uh, you know, Sydney supporters mumbling under their breath. Oh, I don't know, you know, you know, all pissed about it. God, I love it. I love how full nuffy we're, we're all going. It oh, is my favorite, favorite thing because we've we've kept receipts. We, we know some individuals have definitely <laughs> kept more than others, but we're, we're all here. We've taken it in all these years of all everything everyone has said to us, and we're going to give it back to you double, triple. We're going for it. And I just I want to be, and I've said this to a few people, I just can't wait till we finally win it because you think we're unbearable now. You think this, oh, they've just beaten Sydney in a garbage one quarter performance and they're singing the song all night. Idiots are all posting on social media like they've won the grand final. You Mm. wait. We're going to be the most unbearable fan base of all time. And I want everyone to hate us so much because it's just going to be so much fun. 
And it's not even like I'm, I'm sorry. It's not even like I'm there (laughs) saying I want this because I want to give it to other supporters. It's not even that. Like I just love this club so much. And from everything we've been through, I just want to give out all that lovely emotions that will come from the victory. And that's just going to be unbearable. And I I love it. Well said. I mean, I'm exactly the same. But maybe some other supporters are wanting to give it to the yeah. opposition, and that's their prerogative. But go I'm for with it. You. It's not. It's not even about that. It's not about rubbing it in everyone's faces and saying like you're wrong. Like we are amazing. It's about like us coming together as a club mm. and as a supporter base, um, which is my favorite part about it all. Mm. But yeah, it's like you're right. Tw- it's it's gonna be unbearable. Mm. It's like twenty years already. of what we've missed out on. It's me missing out on my childhood of having Carlton be good. It's yep. those teen years where we were good for a little bit and then, you know, you lose interest in the sport a bit. And it's almost like the years where as a kid you get that they're all superheroes and you almost love the club more than you maybe ever will. Mm. And you just don't get that success and you see everyone else have it and it's just all of those years built up that oh, it's it's going to be absolute scenes. When we uh when we win the grand final this year, <laughs> <laughs> one final question: Who do you reckon it's from? Oh, there's only one man. It could be from. We're not even surely... going to. Uh, we're not yeah. even going to give him a shout out today. <laughs> I'm mean, not even going to say his name because he, he gets because you know every single you know week because his questions are so goddamn good. Yeah, if, if anyone's listened to the hour and fifteen minute mark, they they know who asked this question. <laughs> what defined that win more? The second quarter blitz or the superb performance of the defense in the last quarter? Don't have to go into too much detail because, God, we've done it for the whole hour. Yep. yep. But what do you reckon? What, 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 what does your heart say? I am going to say the second quarter because Amazing. I think it was the best of both, where the defense was holding it and projecting us forward and then it was just the best team, all-round team performance. And it was that that led us into the position where we could defend it and we could rely on our defenders to have to get us over the line in the end. I think that second quarter is, yeah, probably the best quarter I've ever seen us play. And like I said earlier, if you're playing one quarter of footy and you're giving the opposition three and they can't beat you, it's that thing that just won you the game. Perfectly said, mate. You're a true wordsmith. I'm not even going to add to that. <laughs> no worries. Um, I've got to say one last thing before we get on to the next game. I know it's been ages, but just how good was selling out a game and how, just oh, how good God. was that crowd? I've just missed being a supporter in, in front of 40-plus thousand of, of ravaging yep. baggers. Crowds are down at games, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Not interesting. Uh, not on Friday. <laughs> but do you, I guess a little question on this. Do you think that that has much of an effect on the players at all? Do you think that having this crowd that gets behind them so much, hearing that noise, do you think it does add a couple of goals? I think that it must. I mean, one of the things I wanted to say as you were um, rolling through all the goals in the second quarter, one of the things I love is just how many of the, the players, as soon as it goes through, first thing they do, fist mm. pump to the crowd. Look at yeah. the crowd. Get the crowd up. I think, um, you know, a lot of the players mention it when they come to Carlton about how, like, the supporter base and the, mm. the history of the club and that thing is one of the things that brought them there. And I never know whether it's a cliche answer or not, but 
I'm, I'm going to take it on on face value now and say that it is something that that cheese the players up a lot to know mm. how passionate uh, the supporters are and and now that we're you know up and about as much as mm. we've ever been, um, it must motivate them. I think. Yeah, I think so too. And I love that you kind of mentioned something that gave me a bit of a memory. To Charlie Kerno kicks our first goal of the game, immediately grabs the jumper and turns to the crowd, and it's probably him going, "Come on." Let's get up. Like yeah. they might have kicked the first two goals, but let's get up and about and just knowing that we both feed off each other and to bring the crowd into it. Um, I know a couple of the the players, like Nick Newman and Walshy mentioned the crowd and just how big that noise is and that it's something that they maybe haven't had heaps of and just how much that that does mean something to them on, on the field. And I believe that you have that hostile atmosphere. You have us booing any player that when they're about to have a set shot at goal, if they're the opposition <laughs> It surely yeah. has some sort of even maybe that didn't work for us. Maybe we need to stop booing because they kept kicking them. But <laughs> it, I think the noise definitely brings something because it, it'd be hard not to get up and about with the so many thousands of people behind you. It's going to be pretty damn loud this Sunday, I would have thought. So let's talk about it. We'll try to be a bit quick with this one because, as always, we've gone very long. But we're playing Collingwood. <laughs> and, look, they have just come off. A big victory, beating Frio by 36 points over in WA, something that we weren't able to do. But it's kind of worked out for us ladder position-wise because it gave us the third position, gets us third by a game, which is bloody beautiful. Are you nervous, excited? Has your opinions of of Collingwood and and this game changed because of their result against Frio? How how are you feeling Mm. going into this game? I know I've given you about 10 different questions there. (laughs) Where do I start? Uh, This is (laughs) famous last words. Hopefully Josh isn't listening. This is the most (laughs) confident going into a game I've felt in quite some time. Um, And the fact that they beat Frio has made me more confident. Um, that we. I hate that you've said that because that's that's a hundred percent me too. <laughs> um, I was yeah. We we watched um, the mo- the majority of that game and a really good effort in disgusting conditions over yes. there. Um, but yeah, I don't know what else to say. I'm mm. feeling really um, confident that we're in a good place. Mm. Um, my my only hope is that it doesn't piss down and that we get yes. some nice conditions. I think so. Like I agree with you. I, I feel in a weird way that them beating Frio makes all the Carlton players go, oh, yes, okay, let's not take this team lightly. We have to be at our best. And then you've also got maybe a Collingwood that come in a little bit cockier. They maybe don't have as much to prove because they've had their win. Uh, so yeah, it's good. They don't have to bounce back after a big loss. It's it's gonna be it's gonna yeah. be a big one. I, I I just can't wait. And we've talked about all these challenges and. You know, we may we may drop points at some stage. It might be in a game that we don't want. At least we've bagged the wins and we're not going to come in ridiculously disappointed if we do. But I've seen enough now that I'm confident that when we go into games, no matter who we're playing, whether the top of ladder, bottom, that we're going to play good footy. We're going to get our quarters where we're on top. And mm. so far in pretty much every single one of these challenges, we've won it and we've, we've risen to the occasion. So... Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty confident that our best footy is better than theirs and, and we'll get over the line. So, mm. changes. Are oh. you making any? Because there's a chance we spoke about about him a little bit that a, a Jack Martin might be fit. Mm. Does he come in? If so, who comes out? You have oh. Jack Younes that was managed with a bit of an injury. 
He was playing some okay footy. Does he weasel his way in? Um, mm. And then we might have a bit of Paddy Dow chat again because um, you were luckily <laughs> at the VFL game. Very so lucky. did you see anything um, that you'd like to get a couple of uh, changes? Mm, interesting. Well, I'll, I'll preface everything by saying I'm probably leaning towards running the full team back. It's my policy that I've got that I've stuck by except every week except for last week. Um, I think after a good win like that, I think Martin, yeah, if he's healthy, I think probably give him a run in the VFL would do nothing but good for his confidence. And yeah, we've seen we've seen for two weeks in a row how the, the structure can work. Um, mm. And I mentioned that we, I hope the conditions are going to be good. The forecast is already saying that it won't be the case. Um, so I think keeping all mm. the smalls in is a good move. Um, yep. I, I'm just going to dominate you with some talking here. Um, the guy, the guys that you could. Say like Kemp um, as the sub. Yeah, I didn't set the world on fire for me in the VFL. Not that the VFL is everything. We spoke about this last week, but um, he wouldn't be one that I'd be looking to push in. Um, and same with Dow. I think that for me, um, kind of mentioned this um, in the past about the VFL performances and them not being completely indicative of whether someone should be selected or not. Um, yep. I feel the same way just looking at disposals as well. Um, I thought Dow, who had 28 disposals, I, I really didn't think that he was a, a massive factor in the the game personally um, and, and didn't really do anything to make me think that he would um, be a good one to put his name up to come in. Um, they may be harsh and, and some others that have seen the game might disagree with me. The numbers were there for sure, um, but a lot of it I kind of felt is him doing kind of the – the, the George Hewitt kind of role in the midfield and just not doing it that great, in my opinion. Mm, and I know it's a different standard when he's kind of the, the number one midfielder there and he's got to do a lot more of the work. Like, um, you know, he doesn't have the talent uh, necessarily around him that, that we mm. do in the ones. But, yeah, for me, I, I, I wouldn't even have him close to putting his name up for selection Jeez. personally. It may seem yeah. harsh, but, yeah, that's how, that's how I saw it. Interesting. I, I love that because I, uh, I unfortunately wasn't able to watch a lot of the VFL. I had it kind of going in the background in the second half, so I saw little glimpses, but definitely don't have the uh, the full view of it. And I think as far as Martin, I can't drop anyone in that forward line. I like what the smalls are doing. Yeah. So if you're fit enough to play, I want to see him get a bit more match fitness, I think. We've seen him come in a few times and maybe rushed. Right, cool. He didn't look sharp enough. So I reckon there's nothing wrong. It's not a demotion for him to play VFL. It's just get back there, get your spark back, and then you can come back in because he probably is best 22, but I just want him to be perfect to come in because we're finally at this stage where we've got enough depth to cover. Um, Nunes, I don't think, comes in. I think maybe keep going with Cottrell because it worked. And honestly, I'm not making any changes because there was no one I was unhappy with on the weekend. So I want to see him all keep going and... Yeah, the yeah. Dow thing's interesting. I've maybe changed my tune a little bit from where I was last week as far as the if you like I think what I, what I was saying was who do you drop? And there's no one to drop, so unfortunately you don't come in and and maybe mm-hmm. I still kind of agree with that to a big degree, but there will come a stage where and, and I've been listening to a lot of people because I asked you guys, I wanted to see what the Paddy Dow mm-hmm. in camp was saying, and I wanted you to give me your arguments. And one of them I actually quite liked, which was yep. if he's going away, getting his 30-plus disposals, kicking his goals, getting the clearances, doing these things, 
And at some stage, you have to reward that effort. Otherwise, what is he doing? Like, what is he playing for? Because there'll come a time where, say, he puts say he puts together a beautiful month and a half of footy, and then you don't select him. He goes, well, what have I got to do to get into the team? And then he's disenfranchised, and then maybe he starts to drop off because you're not rewarding yep. that effort. At some stage, you've got to reward what these guys are putting in. So I, I do believe at yeah. some stage we need to reward this football. Maybe that's the interesting part where you maybe weren't as happy with his game and maybe that's not what we're saying. Maybe it's not these perfect performances. Maybe we're just seeing the stats and thinking it was amazing because one of the bad things I saw from the stats was zero tackles. Mm-hmm. And if you're going into our midfield, not mm-hmm. getting a, a tackle in the VFL, like that's, that's not good enough. We had, and I want to get the stats up here for tackle. So I'm going to just start yeah. padding and talking nonsense until I get those stats up because our midfield seems to be dominating. You've got Paddy Cripps and Hewitt with seven, Kennedy with five, Walsh with four, Chera with three. Now that midfield's dominating tackles. Yeah. So if you're not doing that at VFL, which is arguably easier, and mm-hmm. you want to be hard at the contest. Yeah, I love his burst from stoppage. I saw it a few times. Just looked a class above when he was running away from the stoppage. Yep. But is that what you think might be that edge that's maybe missing? Because, again, mm. we had a good position in the game, ended up losing and sort of getting run over the top of. Happened in that Frankston game as well. Do you think that that yep. hardness is something missing or is that just not his role? Yeah, no, it's a good point. Everything you say there is a really good point. Um, I don't have. I'm pretty confident that we'll see him at AFL standard this year. Like, I don't I think, think so that too. they. I don't think that they would, you know, keep him out for an entire season. And mm. and and I'm not like I've seen a, a one game sample size, so I'm not going to disregard the fact that yeah. um, he may have been better in other weeks. But I suppose the the part that at least has changed for me is looking looking after a game of VFL. You go, who played who played well. Oh, Dow's led the disposals again. Therefore, he must be the next in line. And yeah. I'm just I'm just kind of putting that out there that maybe some others may have been in the same kind of boat as me in that thinking. Um, and, and we can't necessarily have that um, opinion because someone mm-hmm. who maybe I'd like to see be the sub, get a chance at the sub this week, or if there was someone to come in, say there was an injury in our back line, um, was my man Boydie because I thought he, mm. he had a really nice game um, in the VFL, wearing the beautiful long sleeves, um, love that. and he and he's someone where the stats may not necessarily like he he wouldn't stand out as someone that had a great game. But I thought that he was really solid in defence, was providing that exciting run and carry that we that we like from our halfbacks. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's kind of just changed the narrative a bit for me, where it's like you, you look at from a statistical point, and you go, oh yeah, we know who who should be coming in, um, but it ne- doesn't necessarily tell the whole story. No, I think that's good. And I definitely want to be trying to watch a bit more VFL so I can get a better insight on yeah, it. Yeah, we should. I'd, I'd love to watch more of Dowie and see what he's doing, maybe what he's not doing. Because, yeah, I think at some stage you'll reward the effort if they believe that it's good enough. And I, I'm starting to think that it's hard. I'm still in two minds of why would you change the midfield when it's our mm. best thing? But also thinking you can still shift some things around, like I mentioned, where we probably still need a bit more burst from stoppage. Like that's the evolution um, rather than maybe uh, inside, like someone that can maybe do a bit of both and maybe that's a doubt, maybe it's someone else. But like you can still easily shift Mm -hmm. a few things if you needed to 
devil's advocate, bring Dow in. Like Chera can play yep. a little bit on the wing if you need him to. But totally. It's so that you can still get him in there because we've got so many midfielders like a Walsh, like even a Kennedy can go forward at stages. Like everyone can move around, which is maybe the good thing. We're a bit versatile there. But yep. yeah, he's just got to do enough to to warrant it. So I'm going to definitely be keeping an eye on to see if he can bring that bruteness and get the tackles because it seems like everyone else can do those nice things too at the moment that's in the team, but they're still playing nice and hard and, and getting a lot of tackles for us. Yeah. And, and to round out my point on VFL performances and how that um, translates to them in the AFL, you made a great point maybe a month ago when we were talking about Dow that he is this number one option right now in the VFL. And that is completely yeah. different to him coming in oh. to a midfield that now has proper structure, proper quality, and he's going to be the fourth or best, fourth mm. or fifth best player in there. That is a whole different workload yeah. than what he was having to do when he came in and had played 10 games and he was mm. basically the number one or two option. So I'm, I'm also not saying that he's going to come, if he does yeah. win a game, he's going to be a dud because odds on he'll come in and look really good because now mm. we have time and space and better players around him. And if he's winning a lot of these clearances at VFL level, having to be the number one, imagine when Cripper's doing the hard work and getting the ball out to him instead of For whoever sure. it is in the VFL, like a Fogarty. Bit of a different thing. So I do agree mm. with you. I'm still really excited to see him come in at some stage because I think, like I yep. said a few weeks ago, we just haven't seen it. And who knows? He could come in and be the greatest player ever. But maybe it then goes back to the, well, how many players have we always just gone, oh, we need to see what you're like. Let's bring you in. And finally, we can go, here's, yeah, here you go. Have two months in the twos. Get your confidence up. Be the best player. You now believe in yourself. You've got all the tools. They can yep. try different little things to get different facets of your game up and then go, you're ready now. And you're more than ready. He's chomping at the bit. And, and then, you know, we're going to be the greatest team ever. So it's yep, at least it's it. a positive of people going, this guy's playing really well. He needs to come in. It's not, God, Paddy Dow's just, he's so garbage. He's the worst exactly. player in the twos. We're going to have to delist him. It, it's at least some positives. But look, I think mm-hmm. that's probably going to wrap this one up. We've beaten Sydney it. and it was one of the best performances of the season. We're coming up against the Pies. It's going to be a big one. Everyone get there. I want this to be 80,000 plus. I want it to be one of the biggest games of the season. And I want us to absolutely belt up the Pies. And we absolutely will. So we'll be here next week. See you guys next time.